You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Animaniacs, and welcome to the final installment of 31 Days of Halloween here on the Needless Things Podcast. I'm your host, Phantom Evil Dead Maker. I got nothing for this one. Uh, welcome to the podcast that is all about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher, as well as our home, NeedlessThingsSite.com. Where five days a week, sometimes more, you can find exciting and original posts about all of the stuff that uh, we find so interesting on the internet. Uh, not nothing informational, no news, uh, no reports of news from other websites. We don't do that. It's all well thought out things that I think you would enjoy. So check out needlessthingsite.com and share. NeedlessThingsSite.com and the Needless Things Podcast if you enjoy it, because we need to get the word out. I want to support this thing. So, today's episode is Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 is my favorite horror movie of all time. It's just, it had such an impact on me. It was one of the early weirdo horror films that I saw in my life, and we talk about that. I've got a great crew on, a lot of old friends here to talk about something that we all hold near and dear to our hearts, and you guys are going to have a good time with this one. There's really not 
a whole lot to cover in the intro. It's almost Halloween. It's tomorrow for you guys. And if, if you haven't done it, you got tonight and tomorrow night to go out and do it. Go to a haunted house. Go to, go to the spirit Halloween store at least. Do something spooky to have some fun. I realize not everybody celebrates this season all month long, but I certainly do. And if, if at the end of the month you haven't had enough spooky fun, one, it's too late because, I mean, Christmas stuff is already in the stores, which I don't have as much of a problem with because, you know, it's not going to take my attention off of Halloween. But get out there and do something, you guys. All right, we got to get right to it because we've got a great show. Here is your musical treat for today, a Zeke with Evil Dead. Enjoy. had been to watch all of the movies over again before we recorded uh, and I made it through the first two Evil Deads and then school bus time hit today and I had to go get my son from the bus stop and I was like you know he can probably watch Army of Darkness <laughs> that's probably the, okay of the three it's probably the best for yeah, a kid of, of the three for sure and it is it's fine like we we sat down and watched it and he Everything's loved it very cartoonish it is it's a total cartoon and it's not that gory uh how old is he he's eight. Oh yeah. yeah yeah and and he's uh up until this the most intense things he's seen or troll which freaked me out when i was like 11 <laughs> I mean, I saw the I saw the original Evil Dead when I was eleven. Yeah, I was well. See, eleven is is right around when I started with the like Phantasm and, and Evil Dead two and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But eight eight is a little different story. Yeah, it's a it's a bit young. And, but it's funny. Well, you know, cartoon violence is still as over the top as ever to a degree. You know, like oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it never seems that serious in that movie. Like, and if you're sitting there cracking up beside him. You know, and not shivering in fear. Like well, I would imagine. <laughs> and and watching it again in the context of okay, I'm sitting here with my son, watching this thing, with my like dad safeguard on. There was nothing that I was like, oh, I wish he hadn't seen that. Now there's some language I would have preferred he'd not hear, which surprised me because I didn't remember Ash dropping the f bomb ever. Oh well, right. I, I thought it was like PG. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I never even thought about the language, which granted he's heard it all from his mom. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, whatever, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a real quick and it actually makes it really funny because it is literally the only instance of Ash saying fuck in the whole series, uh, right after he's done the boomstick thing and scared everyone, he's walking through the crowd and he says, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> and he, he just like it, it's out of nowhere because we've spent three movies with this guy now and he's never said that i mean he barely really curses uh you know it's just every once in a while which makes it much funnier when he does but anyway uh 
before we get too much further in, and we've already, I've, I've already skipped us ahead uh, to Army of Darkness, but let's introduce you guys. Uh, I want to start off with Beth, uh, head reporter. Is that what we decided your title was? Uh, contributing editor is what I decided Ooh, yeah, I am. I don't right. know what you have to say about that. That's well, you know what? And you're, I'm, I'm sorry that your paychecks have not reflected that yet. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been really missing that money. <laughs> so, so uh, Beth, contributing editor for NeedlessThingsSite.com, where you can find the Needless Things podcast each and every week. Uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me yet again. And uh, we've got a couple of first-timers uh, who have been kind of in the wings. I've been waiting for the right topic. Uh, first, a, an old, old acquaintance of mine and a man who's disfigured me more than anybody else in my life. Uh, and that would be Mr. Richard Davis. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Not only are you a uh, wonderful tattoo artist and a nice fella, but uh, uh, you've done it. You've done a bit in the world of music as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm only doing score stuff. That sounds like I really do that for a living. But I did, you know, Jimmy Bickert's last movie, and I'm about in a couple weeks to start uh, Frankenstein Creative Bikers. But that's purely a thing I'm doing for fun. Like, I don't score films. Right, right. Uh, but, nor do I really even aspire to, like, for other people. But for friends, like, it's just the funnest thing ever. Well, and we had Jimmy on the podcast back before uh, when he still had the Kickstarter going for Frankenstein Created Bikers. And hopefully he'll be back on again. Might even be able to get both of you guys on to talk about just doing the score for it. That would be very cool. Anything like that. We did the commentary on Dear God Know together, and I had a total blast doing that. Well, he's a fun guy, and the score you did for Dear God Know was just absolutely perfect because capturing the style of music without it being actual songs from the era was very impressive. And I actually heard it before I knew that you had done it, and I was like, man, this score is fucking brilliant. And they were like, yeah, Richard did it. And I was like, wow. Awesome. <laughs> Well, thanks so much. And uh, finally, uh, joining the show, longtime friend, uh, so someone who I consider to be uh, one of the wise elders of the people that I know, even though he's not actually an elder. Uh, Arian, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? It's going great so far. We'll have to listen, right. we'll have to listen back and, and make another judgment though, because I'm uh, currently drinking not your father's root beer. <laughs> Ooh, I had some of that yesterday. It was yeah. delicious. Yeah, it's dangerous because there is no trace of alcohol in this stuff. Yeah, it uh, and it's sweet, so hangovers could be, you know, nasty. Well, yeah. you are a girl drink drunk. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm used to uh, Angry Orchard and Fireball. So, <laughs> my <laughs> you drink like a twenty year old girl. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm feeling a little parched myself now. <laughs> yeah, everybody uh, have your beverages or whatnot at the ready because it's time to talk Evil Dead. Uh, I do want to mention I did a little a quick promo thing on Periscope, which I'm not going to claim to have any knowledge of. It's a little video thing connected to Twitter. And I put on one of my Evil Dead masks. And uh, as soon as I took it off, my face was burning. So <laughs> I had to go wash my face off and down another root beer real quick to, to kind of prepare myself. And, and as of now, my face is better, but now my desk is covered with tons of tiny black ash ash hairs. Not ass hairs like it normally is. <laughs> uh, 
So all you guys, uh, I know very well that you're all big fans of Evil Dead, uh, whether it be the franchise in its entirety or specific uh, portions of movies or whatever the case may be. And I want to go around and everybody talk a little bit about your memories. You know, I, I don't remember specifically the first time I saw an Evil Dead movie. I know it was Evil Dead 2 first, but I don't. You know, I got it from the video store and watched it. I, I don't know that there was no occasion. I just know that that's how it went down. Uh, do you guys have a specific recollection yeah, of actually, your first time? I've got a pretty good one because uh, I was uh, visiting my dad and uh, my my first stepmom. I graduated to a different stepmom later. Well done. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was about 11 and he would let me rent horror movies whenever I visited him, and my mom wouldn't. So, like, that's how I saw, like, all your Nightmare on Elm Streets and et cetera, et cetera. And by that point, I'd, like, burned through all of those. So, like, I just saw the Evil Dead tape sitting there at the video store, and I was like, this looks pretty cool. Let's get that. And uh, <laughs> my stepmom freaked out <laughs> when uh, the, the, the scene with the... Uh, the roots or the tree branches came tree, on the tree love. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the human tree love scene. Uh, so she was like, what the hell are you watching? I was like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, that was, that was my first experience uh, with the evil dead series. Should we just, yeah, go go line? Okay. Go for it. Uh, I know I rented it, or you know, I rented it with my family because it, Stephen King's endorsement was on it, and my mom loved that stuff, and that was my first, I guess, exposure to horror uh, was through her. And but that was enough of a tagline to rent it, and it was definitely super scary to me. The first one, yeah, yeah. But that was my first experience with it. Certainly, um, it was just a standard rental of anything with a cool looking box. Well, and that's how it was back in the days. You went to the video yeah. store and that box art, I mean, that that was our you know, recommendation or our, you know, now you go online and you see what people say about it. Back then it was all box art. Oh yeah, and you know, such a limited selection like way pre Blockbuster. It was the first video stores that existed, you know, there'd be 150 total of every genre. <laughs> right, know, like, right. So you got 25 more, you're going to get a Herschel Gordon Lewis at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Beth? Which which one did you see first, and, and do you remember when, or do you just remember, yeah, this happened? Um, I don't have a specific memory of the first time I saw an Evil Dead movie, but I would assume it would have been Evil Dead 2, because I was too young to have seen the first Evil Dead when it came out, and my parents were much more permissive when I was a little kid about sci-fi than they were about horror. I wasn't really allowed to watch horror movies on my own until I was about 12 or 13. So I'm pretty sure I saw The Evil Dead 2 first and loved it instantly and then went back and watched the first Evil Dead and at the time was like, well, this isn't nearly as funny. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> and of course, as that. I've gotten older, <laughs> yeah, as I, I've gotten older, I've appreciated it a lot more. I had that same reaction because I, I saw I, – I think I even saw Army of Darkness before I saw the first Evil Dead. Oh, wow. I, 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 I'm not positive hmm. about that. but uh, I, the truth comes out. I just remember <laughs> – well, no, because I saw Evil Dead 2 very early on. Matter of fact, I saw Evil Dead 2 
the you know it was at the video store and it had that beautiful skull with the eyeball on the front. It was it had to be the early days of video sales because I remember it's it's not like you could just buy it. Uh, it was something that you had to hope that they would maybe mark down and move out of stock or whatever. And that never happened because it was in like a clear plastic case and it had just the insert. This was, this was way before any of the Anchor Bay releases. Cause if you guys remember when Anchor Bay started putting horror movies out, that was a fucking revolution. Oh yeah. Because pr- prior to that, your only option was renting them constantly or hoping that they didn't have, uh, that copy protection so you could dub them. I can't remember what that was called. It was like Chronovision or something like that. Uh, that VHS tapes had where if you tried to dub them, you got those squiggly lines through them. Oh, yeah. But not all of them had that. And I had a dub of Evil Dead 2 uh, for years before Anchor Bay started putting stuff out. And then when that happened, it was like magic. But I don't really know at what point I saw the first Evil Dead, but I remember being so taken aback at how much more serious it was. And granted, you know, it's not. It has funny parts, but they're not intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. Like Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness are, uh, which both are essentially comedies. Yeah. Uh, but the first Evil Dead is just grueling. Uh, once things start happening, they escalate and escalate like it never stops. And there aren't a lot of movies like very often when you're talking to people about making movies, uh, like Godzilla, for instance. Oh well, if you you know if you put Godzilla in in the first fifteen minutes, people are going to get sick of seeing Godzilla, which to an extent makes sense. But also, when you look at something like Evil Dead, like it never stops. There's no breathing once the action starts. It just goes until the end of the movie. Uh, what do you? What kind of impression did it leave on you guys? Like, was it a sort of was the experience something completely different and mind blowing or had you seen enough horror at that point? Uh, I think it was definitely like something different than, because I'd pretty much just watched like your Friday the 13th nightmare on Elm streets and, uh, Halloween's and like stuff like, you know, critters and stuff like that. That wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. is like visceral and experience is the first evil dead movie was. So for sure, for me, like, that was, I don't want to say, like, the first real horror movie that I saw, but it was the first horror horror movie that I saw. Like, the other ones are, like, slasher flicks, you know? So I, I put it into a category, I put, really, the whole Evil Dead franchise into a category of, like, gonzo or bonkers horror, where there's yeah. something beyond just a horror movie. Like, Phantasm is the same thing, where, or what the fuck horror. <laughs> where you sit down and it's it's like it's not our world it's some weird reflection of our world where there there's the rules don't apply it's you, you spend a good portion of the movie going what the fuck was that what just happened what is like the, and i love that relentless weirdness that that the evil dead movies produce yeah the first one for me uh was a really bad copy too and it was almost like snuff you know like it was just <laughs> and i was really young so it it was legitimately scary it didn't seem like they were i wasn't thinking about like now or you're thinking that the filmmakers are having a fucking good time or whatever like yeah you know it was just a true story you know so it was 
really scary. I remember not liking Evil Dead 2, like, right when it came out, because it was so silly. And being like, oh, the first one was scary as shit, like, and, uh, of course, it only took, like, whatever, junior high, smoking a joint and watching it, and then it was, like, the funniest fucking thing on earth, and (laughs) been obsessed with all that ever since, but, like, uh, the first one freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, it was... It was so different, and it's interesting because you had the inverse experience that I had. Is is that you know, and watching Evil Dead Two first, and it being fun. Although honestly, I don't know. I was probably around eleven when I saw Evil Dead Two, and I don't know that it was as goofy then as it is now because it still has a ton of horror elements. It does, and, but for the for the time, it was really goofy. I saw it when I was like fifteen or sixteen, and like at that point, like. I had stopped watching horror so much and was watching, like, you know, Monty Python and Kids in the Hall and crap like that. And I just remembered, oh, I really like this first movie. I'll go see the second one. And at first I was just like, this is all crap that happened in the first one. (laughs) (laughs) In the first, it's interesting, the first seven minutes of Evil Dead 2 are, yes, the entire first movie. Yeah. <laughs> now, Grant's truncated, and they eliminated everybody except for uh, Ash and his girlfriend. But yeah, but it's yeah, it's basically yeah, same thing. Yeah. That like it but, gets us up to speed in seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy remake. Yeah. Yeah. But, absolutely. But the, uh, the the comedy aspect of it, like at the time, there wasn't really that much that was doing like that sort of blend of horror and comedy in that way. And I don't know, I liked it a lot. Like instantly. Oh yeah, he's the physical comedy in it is still untouchably good. Yeah. Well, and the performance doing is so much different. I was doing some speed reading through if chins could kill this afternoon, and <laughs> they, I guess, had to remake the first movie in seven minutes because they couldn't get the rights to show a recap of the first movie. Right. <laughs> uh. I hadn't realized. Yeah, somebody um, it was on. two different studios because De Laurentiis um, basically – well, that Stephen King quote that Richard mentioned earlier, uh, that's what got Evil Dead 2 made is they basically went to Dino De Laurentiis with that quote and he said, okay, let's make Evil Dead 2. I mean, that that was what happened. He, Stephen King was the key. He was making Maximum Overdrive at the time. And uh, after seeing the quote... That's a whole other podcast. But, <laughs> yeah, yes. it definitely is. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I think uh, adaptations of Stephen King would be a whole series because, boy, that's a wide range of quality right there. That's a easy discussion. Um, so, but the to, to stick with the first movie a little bit before we move on too much, uh, it is very serious, and watching it again today... The fact that he is, it's, it's his girlfriend that it's essentially the, the middle of the movie is Ash and his girlfriend and him having to repeatedly beat and dismember her. (laughs) And in the context, like watching it without a frame of reference of, oh, it's Sam Raimi and the boys having fun, like just that on its own. That and the tree scene, and I mean, it is a brutal, brutal flick, and it's very much something young guys would go for. Like, and as I get older, 
I mellow a little bit, and I see that it's kind of more fun to be a little light and to have fun with things. And uh, I feel like the first Evil Dead is very much a movie made by young men. Like, this is the stuff that they're going to dig and they're going to think, oh, it'd be really cool to see this on the screen. Let's do a bunch of fucked up shit. Because when you're younger, you don't really have as much of a sense of uh, consequence. Yeah. And and I, and uh, I, I think you're more willing to go further and to do more You want to show stuff. off, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How fucked up can we make this? Look what we can do with Caro Syrup. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of one-upsmanship in that whole, at least for me, growing up through 80s slasher. Like, you had, you know, fucking Freddy ended up a piece of pepperoni or something. Like, <laughs> it, it got ridiculous. You know, it, it, the one-upsmanship just got out of hand, I think. Well, it did. And and even, you know, specifically between uh, Wes Craven and Sam Raimi and his crew with, uh, you know, the posters appearing, you know, the Hills Have Eyes poster in... Uh, Evil Dead 2 and the Evil Dead poster in uh, one of Cra- I can't remember which Craven movie had an Evil Dead poster in it, but like they had little sort of uh, taunts back and forth between their movies for a while. Oh yeah, it's big business. And and I highly recommend anybody listening check out the commentaries on the Evil Dead movies because the, I mean those guys they they have no problem talking about every single aspect of the making of the movies, the environment of Hollywood at the time, and as Beth mentioned earlier, if Chins could kill. Uh, is, is, you know, obviously the latter portion of it is, is kind of a recounting of Bruce Campbell's later career, but a large portion of that book is just talking about the Evil Dead movies because that's a large portion of his career. Yeah. What led me to, to look back at the book was I was really trying to figure out what happened to Bruce Campbell between Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. Because it's like he's a completely different person from the first movie. Yeah. Like, he's so serious. And then the second movie, it's one-liners and jokes. And I just couldn't figure out where that switch came from. And I didn't get any kind of enlightenment from the book. Well, a lot of it is confidence. Uh, yeah. Because between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, he made Crime Wave. And I think that was a very humbling experience for all of them. <laughs> because, you know, they went and made Evil Dead on their own and did whatever they wanted, and it was very successful. And they felt like kings of the world, and then they went and made Crime Wave and became victims of severe studio fuckery. You know, the first thing that happened was the studio, and I can't remember who did Crime Wave, but the studio said, uh, Bruce Campbell is not your leading man. So immediately, you know, humbled right out of the gate. And I think it was a combination of humbling and a combination of, you know, I I feel like a performer or a creator gets a lot more powerful when they stop giving a fuck. Yeah. I think there's a lot of power in being more concerned about what you want or what you want to do. And I think that's what happened is Bruce Campbell was... He, he had the experience of, of leading a film. He had the experience of being told he wasn't good enough to lead a film. And I think going into Evil Dead 2, he felt like, well, this is my show again, and I'm I'm in there. Because you can just, from the first scene, like you said, Beth, he's a different person. He owns everything. And I, I think it is that, like, this is mine, and I don't give a shit what anybody says, because this is our deal. Yeah, high level of confidence, certainly, in two. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because he's, you know, in the first one, you're not even certain for a little while that he's the main guy. (laughs) 
they're all on, you know, none of them had ever acted before. They're all kind of on equal footing, uh, plot wise for, for a bit. But Evil Dead 2 opens and there's no doubt the second you see him, he's the leading man. Period. Oh yeah. Uh, any, any final thoughts about the first Evil Dead before we move on and, and dig a little deeper into two? Uh, I think, I wish there was a copy of it or like a digital copy of it that was fuzzy <laughs> because all the modern stuff, uh, like I remember getting a VHS actually of a Japanese laser disc and being really excited because it was so hard to find back then. Yeah. And uh, you could see, you know, where they like cut the moon, like pasted it in. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and that's a it just ruined it. it, you know, like uh, it, it kind of needs to look shitty to still have some of that scare factor. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because uh, I actually bought – I can't remember who put it out, but somebody put out a, a very a beautiful remaster of Evil Dead on Blu-ray. And I bought it, and I watched it, and I traded it in because it was too clean. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's just I, – I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it like that. What The copy – and we'll get into this. Actually, we'll, let's save the format stuff for a little later because that's actually going to be the latter end of this conversation. I want to talk a little bit about all of the different versions of these movies that have come out. Um, but, yeah, Evil Dead needs to be grittier. Uh, it, it can't be beautiful and pristine. That's just wrong. Yeah. Anything else about Evil Dead? Uh, no. I I still like the first one a whole lot, but, like, the second and Army of Darkness are are my favorite in the series, so, yeah. Well, and the thing is... I would agree with that. If if you're just going with canon, you don't even need, you know, for a long time I felt like the first one had become uh, superfluous from a storyline perspective, but... It's so to go back and revisit it every couple of years, and I, I, you know, I'm I'm not at a point now where I watch anything once a year anymore because I'm I'm happy if I have enough time to watch a movie every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but to go back and watch it every couple of years and just appreciate that it's fucking homemade. I mean, every shot yeah. of that movie is just love and blood and sweat. And and it, it's just phenomenal to sit and watch that thing. And, you know, in the end, when you get to the stop-motion stuff that, you know, yeah, you sit there and you look at it and you're like, eh, you know, it's it's not the best effects ever. And yet it is because how many hours did it take them to do each one of those rotting demons yeah. and all that crazy shit? I mean, it, it's incredible. And it's and all it's- just we want to do this and we love it and we're going to do it. Yeah, it's it's basically like dudes – doing stuff on their own with no, like, experience in the field. Right, which they had to figure that everything impressive. out. Yeah. So... But in that respect, it's definitely impressive, for sure. So they make this, and it ends up... Uh, all the investors get a return on their money. It gets a lot of buzz. It does well. It, it makes names for all of these guys... Uh, you know, not just in the horror genre, but outside of it, so they're able to go on and make Crime Wave, which I, I pretty much covered before, so we can get straight into Evil Dead 2, which was a whole different thing, and was where KNB Effects comes into the picture. And that, uh, there's another documentary called Nightmare Factory, where it kind of is the history of KNB, and they talk a lot about Evil Dead 2 uh, and, and everything up through Walking Dead. But 
Evil Dead 2 is not only, you know, we talked a lot about the comedy, and it is very much a comedy. Uh, laugh out loud. Still to this day, you know, however many times I've seen this thing, I still laugh out loud uh, several times throughout the movie. It's, it's fucking hilarious. But also budget-wise, you know, the look of it, it's a polished Hollywood film with incredible effects, incredible creatures, and, it, it, you know, that's another way in which it's a completely different world from the original movie. So as far as that goes, as far as the look of the movie, do you guys think that they lost anything not having to sort of do it yourself as much, or did it free Sam Raimi up to tell a, a better and different story? Uh, I think that if they had tried to make another straight horror movie, then it probably would have felt like they lost something. But because they tried to do something different, and in my opinion, were so wildly successful doing it, like it didn't really detract from it at all. Like I thought that everything that they added, as far as production value wise, like they weren't trying to tell like a gritty, creepy, crazy horror horror story this time around. Like they were basically saying, let's unleash Bruce Campbell upon the world, and <laughs> and. Uh, Everything worked, I, I thought, anyway. Well, and it's still not as polished as, as Army of Darkness is. You can tell they still had to, to fake a few things and cut corners here and there. Um, they didn't have quite the budget, I don't think. And yeah, it's not... Sure. It's funny, but it's not as goofy as Army of Darkness. It's got one-liners, but it's not as one-liner heavily driven. Mm-hmm. And there's still some gore, and there's still some stuff that's kind of weird and creepy and freaky, and it's not as scary as the original Evil Dead, but it's not anywhere near as hokey as Army of Darkness. Yeah, there's it is a great little ground. Good, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I can't tell who's going to say something first. <laughs> um, it's still got a lot of iconic horror scenes, kind of, you know, like Zombie does, too, like, there's an eyeball scene, the pencil, and the ape, you know. There's a lot of scares, far more so than Army of Darkness. But you can tell they're showing off. Like, I think they didn't lose anything because look at all the shots Sam Raimi does in Evil Dead 2 that influenced countless everybody, really. Like, that style of filmmaking is, like, everywhere now. Well, and that's definitely something we've got to discuss is Sam Raimi's specific style. I mean, even now, having seen all the movies we've seen that have been influenced, you know, basically the wake of Sam Raimi, nobody does it like he does. Going back to his very first film, he still does it better than anyone. Those camera angles that are almost like watching Batman 66 and the extreme movements and you get the sense when you're watching a Sam Raimi movie, or at least, you know, the, the pre, pre 2000 Sam Raimi movies, yeah. you get the sense everything he looks at, he looks at it and he says, no, nah, it's got to be bigger. It's got to be more. Because, you know, it's not just any other horror movie you watch. Somebody gets stabbed in the ankle with a pencil and they, then that's going to be it. But in Evil Dead 2, they get stabbed in the ankle with a pencil and then there's a lingering, like, 12 seconds of them digging the pencil around in the wound with gore spurting out and just 
Like, and that's what everything is. You're not just going to pop a creature's eye out of its head. You're going to pop it out of its head. It's going to fly across the room and go in someone's mouth. Like, that's Sam Raimi. Yeah. Do you guys work on uh, Hudsucker Proxy? Because it seems like his influence is in that, too. I think Uh, he was, uh, he had something to do with that for sure, right? Because I went and saw that in the theater because Bruce Campbell was in it. But it's Co- the Coens wrote it, right? But I don't think they directed it. No, they directed it. Did they? Um, yeah. For I sure. just remember thinking of him seeing that film and many others. Like, you can definitely that tell that, like, maybe they'd been watching a lot of Sam Raimi movies. Well, I mean, they're all well, pals. He was buddies with them, wasn't he? Yeah, they're all yeah. pals. Because they, uh, they, uh, they actually, like, he helped them get Blood Simple made. Like, one well, movie. They wrote Crime Wave. Yeah. So, like, there's there's definitely a lot of influence back and forth, I'd say, between him and the Cohen brothers. And uh, isn't I can't remember the relationship. Frances McDormand, who's been in all of their movies, is she his wife? She's married to one of the Cohen brothers. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But she has something to do with Sam Raimi as well. Like they were all pals too. Like they. She, she and Holly Hunter. Thank God I read that book earlier today. She and Holly Hunter <laughs> were uh, housemates of Sam Raimi's before the first Evil Dead was made. Okay, okay. Ah, there you go. Small world. But I mean, that's a hell of a collection of talent right there. I mean, just the Coens and Raimi. No, for sure. Oh man. What? What a you know. You could just sit down and watch movies from just those names and have a damn good weekend in front of you. Which well, I'm sure they all influenced each other to a degree. I, I don't know a lot about Sam Raimi's timeline between Evil Dead 1 and 2, but like you were saying before with Bruce Campbell showing off, you know, like they're all showing off in Evil Dead 2. I'm, it's on right now. I'm, this is my refresher. <laughs> but <laughs> like every single scene, like whatever the budget constrictions, like they are going for it. Well, and that's that's kind of the beauty of having budgetary limitations is you you have to figure out ways to do things. I think that yeah. sparks creativity. No, for sure. Like one of my uh, favorite uh, BS sayings is that uh, limitations uh, breed creativity because, like, if you if you have everything, then you'll use everything. Right. But like, if you don't have access to everything, you got to figure out. How do I do this in the best possible way with what I do have? So, limitations for sure, like breed creativity and uh, and films and other stuff like that. That's why Robot Jocks is better than any of Michael Bay's Transformers movies. <laughs> well, that's a low bar to clear. <laughs> but yes, you are correct. So, with Evil Dead Two, uh, we got a polished product we got something that you know with evil dead it's it's pretty amazing that there's no sense whatsoever of evil dead being uh incomplete anyway it doesn't feel like at any point they said well we just can't do that we got to figure something else out like i feel like the story got out and with evil dead 2 even more so because not only did the story get out but things got improved upon because of kmb effects and because of the extra creativity they had involved uh, because originally the big fat Henrietta ghoul at the end was going to be just a, another skinny demon. But they had to fit poor old Ted Raimi inside that suit. 
And uh, Greg Nicotero, I think it was, said, well, then let's make her a big fat demon. And how visually satisfying is every second of Henrietta on screen? You know, not oh, yeah. just this big fat demon witch lady, uh, but all the transformations, the neck extension, the stupid fucking boxing match with Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all, it's all ludicrous and it's all wonderful. And I, and I feel like, like, I don't get the feeling at all that there was anything missing. I get the feeling that they were able to go beyond what they ever expected with this movie. Well, cause they had made it for nothing. So now you, they kind of know how the game works. They play ball and they have, I'm sure way more than they have for the first one. So I'm sure they were just have like, you know, kids in a candy store. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any any final Evil Dead two thoughts? I, I, there's only so much we can discuss because it's it's almost at some point turns into the Chris Farley thing of yeah that was awesome. <laughs> and, and I also don't remember get to... when Bruce Campbell got his yeah. golf was <laughs> right. Saw and uh, and there's that no was point. Cool, you guys. <laughs> there's no point in getting too behind the scenes because honestly, I recommend to everyone you know get the get the Blu-rays, get the DVDs, and eat up all of those special features because. You know, if you've ever listened to a commentary and thought, eh, this is kind of boring, these are not those. Like, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, all the commentaries, they're all entertaining because these are fun guys. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, I was reminded how good the commentaries were when I was watching the, uh, like, all the panels that they've been on for the TV show this past year. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Those I guys would are- say people – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say those guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I would say people who feel like they they know it backwards and forwards and haven't seen it in a while because they know it so well to still go back and watch it again because even even later there are jokes that I didn't get when I was a little kid that I get now and are hilarious like when he uses a farewell to arms to to beat his hand to death with yeah <laughs> when I was a little kid but that's brilliant now <laughs> I've laughed out loud at the lamp scene when he does the little dance with it for yes. it, as long as it's existed really I still laugh out loud I've laughed hysterically in the floor at uh, many many years ago but still laugh and never gets old and it all is you know there's something about that style of comedy you know there's no the movies are timeless there are no pop culture references uh, musically there are no modern songs or, or songs that were modern at the time or whatever the case may be. Uh, there's nothing to take you out of the comedy. It's all pure, like you said, when he starts dancing up and down with all the shit in the room, like, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's nonsense. And there's no like, oh yeah, they're playing REO Speedwagon, ha ha ha. Like, it's nothing like that. It's all very base, uh, human comedy. Yeah. Dancing with the Lamb will always be funny. Anytime an era, like, it's, it's not dated at all. It's still funny. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, any final Evil Dead 2 thoughts? Boy, I said that weird. Evil Dead 2 thoughts. Nope. <laughs> no. Then let's move on to the the summer blockbuster <laughs> that was Army of Darkness. Uh, now this one, for a long time, was my favorite of the three. Because I think in a way it's a lot more accessible. 
uh, it's something that, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier in a part that I'm not sure if I'm going to cut out or not yet, I watched it with my son earlier today. He's eight. And it's pretty okay for an eight-year-old. Like, there are a couple of things that I was like, eh, I don't know. But for the most part, uh, you know, very easy to edit for TV, let's say. It's, yeah. It is a comedy. It's a swashbuckling adventure. Uh, there is the stuff that's adult is done in such an over-the-top ridiculous way that it's not traumatizing. It's just a fun adventure movie. You know, very much in the vein of, of maybe some of the Indiana Jones or or things along those lines, where Ash is once again a very strong leading man, but this time around much more in charge than he's ever been. What under what was the circumstance? And see, I don't remember at all when I saw Army of Darkness. I do remember the first time I saw it. I did not know that it was related to the Evil Dead movies. <laughs> uh, I just. I think I'd probably just picked it up because of the cover or whatever the case may be. And when it started, I was like, wait, this is just like the end of Evil Dead 2, except completely different. There's Bruce Campbell. And maybe at that point I did have an awareness of Bruce Campbell and knew he was in it. But I know going into it, I did not realize it was a sequel to Evil Dead 2 and was delighted to discover that along the way. Do you guys remember any specifics? Uh, I knew that it was a sequel. Uh, I saw it actually... Because I didn't see Evil Dead 2 until I was like 15 or 16, and then I saw Army of Darkness like maybe a year later, like I want to say. some Yeah, about like a year later. Did any of you uh, guys get to see it in the theater? No, I, I actually uh, saw it in the theater. <laughs> yeah? And it was awesome! Yeah. Richard? I didn't see it in the theater. I, I don't think I really watched very many films at all like in that maybe... 16 to 20, 21, <laughs> like, uh, it was all VHS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my big, my big horror theater claim to fame is Hellraiser 3. Uh, now, when I was a kid, I saw almost everything, at least it was coming out, you know, the first night on Elm Street. I saw a house by the cemetery, which I still don't know who ran the tiny theater at Tacoa, but <laughs> they played a lot. Of, like, when I think about it now, like, who was playing in like 1988? House by the cemetery <laughs> at a, a, in a town with one single screen theater that played, but uh, all the stuff that came out of Friday Thirteenth, all that I saw in the theater. But oh again, like gosh. once I had a car, like going to a movie seemed like the dumbest thing on earth to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Arian, what was your? Uh... Uh, I, I rented on videotape. Uh, I knew that it was a sequel. But I didn't know, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a sequel sequel and not, like, Ash goes to an alternate dimension and, you know, like, just, it, it seems like, in retrospect, like, this was just another excuse to, like, get as Bruce Campbell as they possibly could, for lack of a better term, like, just really unleashing him and letting him do his thing. Which I appreciate for sure. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like it didn't. It didn't feel like a sequel uh, to the Evil Dead Two so much as just here's Ash in another movie, which I appreciated for sure. Well, it's interesting, and I, I haven't. It's been a long time since I've read uh, the companion book or if Chins could kill, so I can't remember 
how much intent there was, but I mean, they, they set it up in Evil Dead 2, you know, towards the very beginning, uh, they find the drawing that turns out to be Ash. Oh, uh, yeah. As, as oh, the, yeah. the man who fell from the sky and banished the Deadites. And then at the end of the movie, you know, he, he, and now granted, at the end of Evil Dead 2, Ash lands in medieval times and blows away the flying titty demon. <laughs> and is a hero. Yeah. At the at the beginning of Army of Darkness, it's a different story. He ends up in chains being walked back to uh, Arthur's castle, uh, basically in shame, because that's where you have to start with Bruce Campbell. You can't, you <laughs> oh, can't yeah. start with him on top. He's got to work his way up the pile of shit. No, he's, he's got to take some punches first. So I... I I, I need to go back and reread all that stuff and find out, you know, if, if the intent was there. But they, they obviously had a plan for him to end up uh, in medieval times. And it led to, like I said, that swashbuckling adventure movie. Now, we got to see a lot more. And actual medieval times, too, not the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, do you guys like, you know, there was nowhere to go after Evil Dead 2, but to you know the the uh the time of the primitive screwheads <laughs> do you guys dig that do you think it would have been cool to see something different happen uh what what are your feelings about the setting of army of darkness i think it uh is completely appropriate like i have no idea i'm speculating but because of the end of evil dead 2 if there even you know pressure or someone mentions like maybe you guys should do another sequel I'm sure they were like, oh, I mean, those guys had to have been waiting to do a swashbuckler. Um, <laughs> and it was already set up. And, I mean, at least for me, when I saw it the first time, it was I had a shitty grin on my face. It was just hilarious. There's one-liner, the best one-liners I still use on a weekly basis. <laughs> like, hey, you got a little something on your face. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I got news for you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, uh, I personally, I'm pretty biased, but it's, uh, unfuckwithable. Yeah, it's one of, it's one of my favorite movies to this day. Oh, yeah. At at the end, after the end of Evil Dead 2, knowing that they're doing a remake, you, you go in, or not a remake, a sequel, you, you go in expecting, oh, well, this would be him in medieval times. Like, if it hadn't been him in medieval times, I'd have been going, what the fuck? What, he was, he was blown back to medieval times. Where is he now? What the fuck is happening? He's supposed <laughs> to be here. Yeah, that's what the new show, I've just seen the first trailer that came out for it, but I assume they're going to open up, po- you know, endless possibilities where he can be or, you know, but I don't think Army of Darkness was ever going to be anything but what it is. Which is absolutely great. And, and what's interesting is, like I said, he's on top of the situation. Now granted, Ash fucks up because he's Ash. He doesn't get the words right. <laughs> Depending on which ending you watch, he does or doesn't drink the right amount of potion. Uh, but he builds a hand. He, you know, takes, he establishes himself as a dominant force at the beginning. He's not pushed around by the primitive screwheads for too long. Uh, and, and it's kind of an interesting difference because whereas in the second movie, it felt like Bruce Campbell getting a hold on the role and being a leading man. Whereas in the third movie, it felt like Ash 
sort of taking control and being a more motivated, uh, less reactive figure. Well, he's horrified by the deadites in Evil Dead 2. You know, until the end, you know, he, when he gets tough, sometimes it's time to get tough. But he, you know, <laughs> that mentality rings throughout, other than, you know, when he, the book bites him and he's, you know, screaming or whatever. But he's not, uh, he's, he confidently fucks shit up in Army of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, even when, different. even when he's doing the wrong thing, he feels like he's right. Yeah. yeah. He has that's, no need to memorize infallible. those words. That's, that's right. Go home and cry to mama. <laughs> <laughs> and we also got a ton, you know, Ted Raimi uh, gets absolutely a, a very honorable mention for his role in Evil Dead 2, uh, and also plays a ton of characters in Army of Darkness with, with quite a range of voices. <laughs> and, and Who I, does the, uh, Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like the two skeletons. I always love that. He does that, and he also does, you'll have my sword. <laughs> he's, he's also that guy. He's uh, he's like fully half of of the, the knights and villagers and whatnot. It's really funny to go through and, and realize, like, it's all him with terrible glued-on facial hair. <laughs> Do you guys have sort of, I mean, it, it would be hard for me to pick a favorite moment because watching it earlier, I, I kind of had the intention of, you know, what's, what do I dig the most about this? What, what is the thing that sort of, uh, I latch onto the most or I relate to the most? And it's funny. I used to, out of the whole movie, when I was younger, I didn't like the scene immediately after he grabs the Necronomicon where the skeleton hands are doing the Three Stooges bit. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, that's great. It, no, it, but when I was younger, it bothered me. I was like, all right, yeah, I what? appreciate that the tone of this movie is different, but that's yeah. too much. Nah. Like, now I, I love it, it. But I grew up on, like, Three Stooges and Marx Brothers stuff. Like, yeah. So See, my parents are very serious people, so I, I didn't know about <laughs> any of that. Matter of fact, I, the first time I saw the movie, I might not have even realized that was a Three Stooges reference. That's entirely possible. Um, but now it's so well done. The timing, once again, all of these movies are nonstop. Yeah. There's very little, you know, exposition or like standing around waiting for something to happen. There's constant motion. They're the most kinetic movies you can watch, I think. Uh, but do you guys have like a particular segment that you just love every single time that just is, if, if you had to pick five minutes of the movie to watch? Uh, I, <laughs> this, this is going to sound like possibly insane, but, uh, <laughs> I really love like, I really loved the A team as a kid. So like the scene where he's like turning his car into the tank machine, whatever it is. Yeah. And then, uh, just like the, this, the siege where all the deadites are attacking the castle where they have the Necronomicon. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that's some, that's some high quality stuff in my opinion. Not that the rest of the movie isn't, but. Sure, that's, sure. That's, that's my bag. Yeah. What about you, Richard? I don't know. Like I'm sure it changes, uh, or it has changed over the years. Um, I get stuck on quotes, basically. Again, those, the skeletons saying they want to get out of there is uh, a favorite. There's so many. 
it's hard to pin anything down. Even just when the when he goes, yeah, baby. Like, <laughs> it's just so it, it doesn't really seem correctly uh, in place in the movie, but it always cracks me up. I I gotta say, this time around, I was really looking forward to the skeleton army attacking because. Uh, my son's favorite part of the documentary that we watched about K&B was seeing the skeleton puppets on the guy's heads. And because at that point he had not seen Army of Darkness, but he did see all these like stuntmen and, and uh, effects guys with the upper half of skeletons mounted on helmets on their heads walking in the foreground to look like the skeleton army. He loved that. He loved seeing the puppets, the skeleton puppets that they built. So, like, I was really looking forward to that scene this time around. I was like, oh, this is going to be great, him seeing it in the actual movie, like how it looked after That's, seeing those guys build that stuff. What's the one line that was like, ah, she's a sight for sore bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I love that little just incidental shit. It cracks me up. And they are. They're all, like, they all have these hokey skeleton, or skeleton, hokey pirate accents for some yeah. reason. But it's awesome. It doesn't matter. Beth, do you have a favorite, like, sequence or segment? It's so tough to choose, but uh, probably the part with the all the tiny little ashes from the mirror attacking him, leading into <laughs> his big fight with the evil ash, with the goody little two-shoes fight that they have, leading into him getting his head blown off with the good, bad, I'm, with, I'm the guy with the gun. Which is another example of how cartoony this is, because a character gets shot in the face with a shotgun from like three <laughs> feet away, and then you show him a second later and he basically looks like Elmer Fudd. Like, yeah. there's, there's minimal damage. The head should be gone. It should have been red mist. But he's just like kind of blacked up and scarred up a little bit, and that's it. Yeah. And then he comes back to attack people. Of course he does. He's fine. He walked it off. Of course he does. Um, and that's, you know, Bruce Campbell, uh, you know, credit to him for playing both of those roles and for being so goofy in a different way as Evil Ash. Like the, uh, uh, go to the castle and Sally Fur. <laughs> Sally Fur. Fur. Yes, Sally, Sally Fur. Like, it's just that little bit. It's, it's all. <laughs> That silly comedy that, that for whatever reason works so well in this setting. Like we, we buy it. We take it all. We, we let them get away with everything because they've earned our trust. Cause we know at the end of the day, we're going to be entertained by these guys. So I think they get a lot more leeway. Can you imagine any modern filmmaker trying to put the same kind of elements in? I, I, I just, I don't think it would succeed. You know, you've got a lot of good stuff out there that, that combines horror and comedy. Um, uh, which is versus evil. Come on, help me out, guys. I can't remember the name. Tucker and Dale versus evil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic comedy, fantastic horror, but it is very much a comedy movie in a way that, you know, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, while I say they're comedies, they're not really comedy movies. Uh, and you get stuff like Tucker they're, and Dale. They're comedic. Yeah, they're comedic. Whereas Tucker and Dale and Idle Hands, which I love Idle Hands. Yeah. Um those are out and out comedies. Right. Right. They're they're a different vein and I think it's a very subtle talent that Ramey and Campbell and all the rest have to to create this in movies. Uh so before we move on to sort of present day and future 
of Evil Dead. Uh, it's worth mentioning that there were a number of licensed Evil Dead video games. Uh, it's probably not worth mentioning any of them specifically. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they exist. Uh, They're out there if you uh, want to go happens. find them. I played the hell out of a couple of them, but none of them were any good. <laughs> uh, even the one with Bruce Campbell actually voicing Ash. So, any final thoughts about the original trilogy, as it were? Uh, you know, look at, looking back, uh, at the time it came out, Army of Darkness was my favorite. But but going back now, I, I would have to go Evil Dead 2. Because it's still a horror movie. Army of Darkness is never really a horror movie. Nah. It's never really a comedy, but it's never really a horror movie. Well, it's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a swashbuckling action flick. Yeah. You know, it has comedic elements. It has horror elements. Uh, but, but it really is, I, I would put it more alongside Indiana Jones type stuff. Yeah. Even like Harryhausen, like Jason the Argonauts kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's... Yeah. A lot of silliness, but there's also all this really cool stuff happening, you know? Yeah, and you're right. It, it does definitely... Not to insult Harryhausen, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> by the time we saw stop motion, at least by the time I saw it, I didn't think it was real or anything, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. you know, I knew it was an old film, and uh, and there's definitely some comedy that they probably didn't intend for it to be, but that seems to be an influence on that kind of uh, Xena, Army of Darkness kind of humor, you know? For sure. For Action, sure. humor. Well, and, and <laughs> Raimi will straight up say that Harryhausen was a huge influence on him. And and it's apparent. Because oh, sure. you, you don't... Somebody Sam Raimi's age and of his era doesn't use all the stop motion that occurs in his movies without it being very Harryhausen and, and very much a nod to that style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. What about you, Arian? Do you have... What, what is your preferred out of the three... Uh, probably, because I actually saw them in order, probably Army of Darkness, although, like, I could flip a coin and go back and forth between that and Evil Dead 2. Sure. Uh, just depends on what kind of mood I'm in, like, because they're, they're, they're different movies, but, yeah, like, I, th- I think probably Evil Dead 2 these days, just because the, uh, the lead up to uh, the the TV series right. has got me pretty stoked, and it's the, the TV series seems more it seems more horror comedy than swashbuckling action mm-hmm. from everything I've been able to gather. I don't know, like I might be wrong in that assessment. Who knows? Well, that's what's exciting is we're going to find out. Yeah, for we, sure. We don't really know much except that the tone seems to be perfect. Yeah, like I. After like the extended trailer that I saw, like the it's like three minutes longer, that one, mm-hmm. yeah, like that. <laughs> seeing that, I was like, this really is the golden age of television. Breaking yeah, no Bad, shit. all the all the stuff people want to hold up is Breaking Bad and Evil Dead, the TV show. <laughs> yeah, no, right no, there like, together. I'm yeah, no, I, I'm I'm more excited for this. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that, Richard. Do you have out of the originals? A preferred one? Uh, you know, I, I definitely celebrate the entire catalog, but I probably would lean towards two as the ultimate favorite. Um, just because, I don't know, it's got a lot of stuff I like. 
I love all of them. It's this hard to make choice, but uh, yeah, two is one that I seem like at least every uh, I watch horror movies whenever, but I always make a point to watch a hell of a lot more during October. Yeah, <laughs> and I seem to watch it every year, along with of course uh, Trick or Treat. That's yeah, a, you, a you your old school favorite. Oh yeah, I saw that in the theater twice. Nice. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. If you ever want to do a Sammy Kerr related podcast, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, uh, right now I would call Evil Dead Two my favorite, uh, and I, and I think I have for some years now. But uh, you know, it, it can go back and forth between that and Army of Darkness pretty easily because there'll be times when I feel like Army of Darkness is a little too hokey, and then I'll revisit it and be like, "Nope, it's amazing." <laughs> but, but as far as cinematic perfection, I think Evil Dead 2, with its pacing, with the efficiency of the storytelling, uh, I really do feel like 2 is a perfect film. It's, it's one of those few movies that I, I just call, like, uh, Robocop is another one that I think is just a perfect movie. And Evil Dead 2 also is, is up there with just one that I can put on anytime, no matter my mood. And they still look great. Like, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now and it, Oh, so we're great. we're hearing it right now. <laughs> oh, can you? A little bit, yeah. I'll have to turn it down. <laughs> That's okay. It's kind of enhancing the conversation. I'm not going to okay, lie. Perfect. Um, so now we have a recent. I'm not going to call it a remake because I don't feel like it is a remake or was a remake. It's a reboot. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, reimagining. Uh, reimagining is good. Uh, you know, potentially even sequel. Uh, would not be inappropriate to say, but the more recent Evil Dead movie, which let's hear you guys' thoughts before I say anything. Richard, let's start with you this time. I don't think we've ever discussed this, uh, but I saw it once. I It wasn't memorable to me. Um, I don't really have a really strong stance. I know 10 years ago I would have, (laughs) like, an angry stance or something about (laughs) if it should have been made. But at this point, you know, how, you know, that's just what happens. And, uh, if they think they can sell something, they'll try sometimes with the grace of intentions and sometimes not so much. Um, but I definitely think for me, like, I just, didn't watch it and cheer and just like, yes, like just because, uh, it was just kind of a mediocre horror movie to me. It might take a lot more like to scare me now. Cause I'm a middle aged man. And like, you know, <laughs> you've seen like, some shit. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> Bill scare me, brother. The market, <laughs> the market scares me. Um, but yeah, like, uh, nothing really, horrifies me so a movie like that it just you know everyone's fucking beautiful oh hooray <laughs> like another group of beautiful teenagers um so it just it didn't do shit for me but um i don't care that it got made now um you're not like angry no like i said 10 years ago 100 percent. i have a friend actually who's like uh i guess he's in his 20s still and oh, he's, so he still has rage in him. Dude, he's got fucking, he's like, you know, VHS collector. He's just like we were. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and he would, he goes off about this kind of shit. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I can feel, you know, 
younger me, like, yeah, I would have been super pissed. Don't give a shit at all now, but right. um, sure would have been. But, yeah, it didn't bother me that it got made. I don't think it's a travesty. I understand how it works. And, and I think that filmmaker actually was probably trying to make a scary movie. Like, maybe he was scared by the first one and thought he could do it again. Uh, I don't think he succeeded. But, you know, if it scares teenagers, then, you know, hooray. Wow. <laughs> With that, that's actually perfect because I, I wanted to make sure we got uh, a negative point of view out there because I know there are a lot of them. This, I mean, this is a very divisive movie. Uh, I love it. I did not love it the first time I saw it. I was on the verge of confused, I guess, because what we regard now as trademarks of the franchise, uh, that the comedy elements were entirely absent. This is very much a horror movie. And basically I had to appreciate it on a technical level the first time I saw it. Like, it's all practical. There is very, very little CG in the movie. And just. And there's some nasty shit that happens. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> on, on a purely technical special effects, you know, prosthetics and whatnot standpoint, I appreciated the hell out of it. From a being an Evil Dead movie, the first time I didn't get it. I didn't see it. Uh, but I did not hate it. And I certainly didn't feel any kind of rage or anything. I honestly felt like it was me. I, I didn't feel like, well, this guy doesn't understand Evil Dead and he, you know, this is bullshit. I felt like I didn't pick up the way that it worked as an Evil Dead movie. Uh, I watched it again because I wanted to like it because Sam Raimi and Bob Tapert and Bruce Campbell were with this thing every step of the way. Uh, they endorsed it. And granted, from other filmmakers, that wouldn't mean anything to me because anybody, you know, a lot of these guys will endorse a pile of shit if it'll make them a dollar. But Raimi, Tapert, and Campbell aren't those guys. If it if it hadn't been good, I don't think they would have said it had been good. Uh, and granted, just because they say it's good, you know, if they think it's good, maybe it's not. But I, I had faith that their hand had been in it and that this was part of a vision that they had. And going in and watching it the second time, I got it. I loved it. Uh, it is not in any way a successor to, uh, to Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. It is a successor to the original Evil Dead. It's a horror flick. Uh, I don't know how many scares are really supposed to be in it. You know, modern horror is very reliant on the orchestral sting and the jump scare. Yeah. And there are a couple of those in there, and that's fine. But to me, that whole experience and grueling horror, they got that. Because these beautiful people, and let me point out that the original cast of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, well, Evil Dead 2, you had Gomer or whatever the hell his name was, the 200 pound redneck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're not bad looking people. You, you've got to place them in their era, which was the 70s and the mid 80s. And I mean, that's what Friday the 13th and Armor on Elm Street, like, that's what those oh, you casts. You don't want ugly people in your movie. Well, it's, right. that seems to be keep in mind, though, I right. think, I think, I think Nightmare was a little bit prettier than all the other ones, like the the teenagers they killed. Because keep in mind, Johnny Depp was in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. 
<laughs> the most gorgeous man alive. That's right. Um, but just saying, these... I'm, th- I'm guessing maybe it's more the polished nature of and you know modern like uh, was it Dawson's Creek? I don't know. That's probably like <laughs> ten years old. But you know, just uh, I don't know. They seem a little slick, like. A, the beauty of even Evil Dead 2, which was a better production, not the finest of actors necessarily working, but these new kids just seem like they're actors, old jaded pros. You know? For <laughs> sure, like, for sure, they're actors, it's and a I'll bit unnerving. This one, uh, you're right. The other ones feel like experiences, and this feels like a movie. But to the guy that, and I. I feel like such a shitbag that I can't remember the director's name right now, but it's some complicated foreign name, so sorry. Um, but to his credit, he did not just ape Sam Raimi. There's certainly nods to the style, uh, and obviously storyline-wise, you know, the intent was to recreate a lot of what happened in the first two Evil Dead movies, but he doesn't use, he doesn't rely on the Raimi camera techniques and whatever to do the movie. Uh, but I've, I have, uh, I have definitely licked this movie's balls enough for right now. Uh, Beth, what did you think of it? I was super nervous when I heard it was coming out because my main concern was that somebody else was going to try and be Bruce Campbell when Bruce Campbell was still a working actor and very much alive and felt like that would be wrong. Right. But then once I realized they weren't going to do that and go that route, I was much more open to it. I actually went and saw it in the theater opening weekend, I think. I think it was opening weekend. Um, and I really liked it. I thought there were not really scares in it, but there were some parts that were kind of Ugh, when like when the girl cuts her tongue with the knife, cuts her tongue in half down the middle and and the guy getting the the needle through the eyeball. Well, and that that's kind of ah. That's what it is is that it's not that it's scary, it's the intensity of the experience more so. Yes. Um so there were three or four things in there that just made me go Bleh. Um, but it wasn't scary, but it had it had the heart of the original Evil Dead kind of behind it. The scenes where she's locked up in the cellar and talking to them through the little crack in the cellar with the chains around it. There were definitely a lot of nods to the original, and it, it wanted to pay homage to the original without trying to dupe it or ape it in any way. So I've seen it three or four times since then. I really like it. And, and there are a lot of, like, when the, uh, the, you know, the necklace is very similar to the one that Ash gives, uh, Cheryl. And at the end, when she picks it up outside, the, the, the chain is in the shape of a skull, just like it was in Evil Dead 2. Um, and then at the end, she gets a little badass, which, let me give, well, first of all, I had to go look it up because I felt bad. Fide Alvarez is the name of the director. Uh, and if nothing else, I want to see more from this guy because I really do like what he did. And then Jane Levy is the main character and she's, as far as I'm concerned, was a phenomenon because she ran the gamut from being sort of the, the, the stereotypical tortured person, tortured youth that we see in horror movies now to being pure evil to being the hero, the almost Ash-like persona at the very end of the movie. Like, she really, she was put through the ringer, and she she made you dig this character that, 
you know, even though we knew they weren't going for Ash 2.0, there was still like, like Beth, like you said, that trepidation of like, well, who is going to play Ash's role and what are they going to do? And how is anybody going to fill, you know, you're going into an evil dead movie. And to a certain extent, you are trying to fill Bruce Campbell's shoes. Uh, Arian, what, what about you? Well, did you get a chance to see it? That's right. Before we talked and you so, haven't seen it yet. Maybe I didn't see every movie <laughs> through completely. <laughs> but I got the idea. Now, I didn't get a chance to see it. I'm sorry. Will, uh, next time you, you swing by the Phantom Zone here, I'll, I'll let you borrow my copy and you can check okay, it out. Okay, cool. And we'll, yeah. uh, we'll do a follow-up when we have you back on. Is, is, is that what you're calling your man cave? Is, is that, yeah, because I, I don't like the term man cave because that sounds like an asshole. <laughs> so, like, wait, you're, it, you're it, not, it sounds like somewhere where, like, no, it's not that he's not an asshole, but it implies the wrong kind of right. asshole. It mm. implies it implies okay. some bros chilling, watching, you know. Hey, like, bro, let me check out your man cave. Yeah? I don't like, care for that. I'm in my man cave. I got no shame. <laughs> there's no sports memorabilia, but there's at least seven depictions of Sammy Kerr, so fuck it. I win. So that actually is a pretty good segue, uh, talking about the man cave slash phantom zone slash wherever you may do your hanging around and being cool. Uh, I know none of you guys are as much of a lunatic as I am uh, for collecting crap, but there's been tons of merchandising over the years of Evil Dead stuff. We've got, you know, at this point, we have toys and whatever else from all three of the original movies, uh, and I've got most of them. But with you guys not being uh, as interested in that stuff as me, is there an item that if they produced it, you wouldn't be able, like, if you saw it in a store, like, let's say they did a replica Necronomicon or, you know, whatever. Is there well, an item had, that if you saw it in a store, you'd be like, I have to have that? I did at one point have the, uh, the Necronomicon book cover copy of the Evil Dead on DVD. And, uh, yeah, I had to, I sold that when I left, uh, when I sold, like, 80% and got rid of 80% of my crap when I moved to North Carolina in 2007. Because so. you're a 21st century digital boy. Yeah, I, I, I'm I like the complete opposite of you. I abhor the concept of physical media now. You don't like, like adorning the cage. <laughs> no, like the only thing I've made it, the only thing I've made like a, the only thing I've made an exception on are, are comic books. When Now that I've gotten back into comic books in the past year, like, at first, I started reading Saga on my tablet, but then I was just like, eh, I want the actual comics. Yeah. So that's the only thing I make an exception on, though. Like, I buy all my games in digital, like, media, uh, download. I, uh, you know, I stream stuff if I can, or I rent it. I don't so, like owning crap. So you would have the will of a stone, regardless of what item might be available? Uh, <laughs> like, if they could, if they could clone me a Bruce Campbell... <laughs> just to like hang out and like you know vanquish my enemies and save funny shit i'd take one you of could be those. In your man cave yeah <laughs> you'd invite bruce campbell into your man cave <laughs> i mean who wouldn't <laughs> well yeah you're right <laughs> um what about you richard is there anything that that uh you've kind of always wanted oh 
Um, there's more than I want actually already. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think there's anything that they haven't probably made that I want. Um, I kind of stopped collecting, as I'm sure you know, uh, because you traded me a large portion of your toy collection for tattoos <laughs> right. in the 1990s, and uh, many of which uh, I still have. I, I, I still have I the tattoos. Um, that's good. That's good. But I can't say the same for all the toys. Uh, I know I gave like six 60-gallon trash bags full of in-the-box, not vintage, but certainly collectible toys I gave to Toys for Tots. And uh, so I just imagine there's some kid out there and getting some, like, manga spawn that's going to (laughs) fucking put his eye out. Like a $50 fucking collectible. uh, As soon as he opened it, it fell apart. I couldn't really sell them. I have them so long. They weren't really the market for, you know, McFarlane variants wasn't really shit hot at the time. So, yeah, yeah. um, I could write off, uh, a donation just at face value. They still had the price tags on them and shit. <laughs> so, uh, I just did that and gave back to the kids. The sure. Giver. You got to play the I'm a good guy card. Yeah. I mean, it really was built out of convenience to get rid of them. So I drug those things around for years and years, like a whole room's worth of toys that I got from you. What about you, uh, Beth? Is there any one item that you'd love to have, whether it's like a prop replica or a figure or anything? I don't I don't really collect stuff like that. Well, that's the point. I, but if there was one thing that you saw, you were like, oh, wow, I've got to have that. I don't know that there's anything that I would look at and go, I've got to have it. There would right. be, you know, like an Ash figure. That'd be cool to have, but I don't think there's anything that I would, you know, literally die of if I didn't purchase it. I just don't understand I mean, you people at all. I know. <laughs> Dude, I, I'll give you this. I know this isn't uh, related to this at all, but I still want the Star Wars chess game, man, from the first one. Like, we have the technology. If there's something collectible... Uh, that's what I still want. The, it's did, just that the game that they were playing in the Millennium Falcon. Degeric hollow chess table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what kind like, of nerd they, I am. Made it? You already have one? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you missed it. They're gone now. Sure. Um, okay, well, speaking of merchandise, we've got to talk about the hundreds of different editions of these movies that have come out. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to get too detailed, but for those of you that do still own digital media, what are you stuck on right now? And just, just for an idea, uh, Evil Dead, like I said, I got the Blu-ray and I had to get rid of it because it was too clean. So what I've got now is that Nicronomicon version that Arian mentioned a little while ago, actually, that's got the, it looks like it's the Book of the Dead. And it's got yeah. that beautiful artwork that actually one of those drawings... Richard yeah. tattooed on my leg. Oh yeah, I love that thing. We we need to go back and get the rest of those. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was always my intent. Never happened. Um which was my fault. Uh and uh Evil Dead Two, Anchor Bay did a really big ten and with some really cool I think it's artwork from the Italian movie poster. I think that, I had that too. I've got that. It's beautiful. Uh, and I'm a sucker for tens. If you put anything in a ten, like whether it's Christmas pretzels or whatever, I'll, ooh, it's a ten. 
<laughs> and it's got the jewel case inside. The yeah. Yeah, yeah. The shitty jewel case and the booklet that's too big for the jewel case and the tin that's too big for your shelf. And there's an empty compartment beneath it as if there was some other prize that you missed out well, on. Well, <laughs> I, I used to, I used to keep other prizes in there as a matter of fact, but, uh, that is no longer a part of my life. <laughs> but it might, it might have been something that helped me enjoy the Evil Dead movies a little bit more. <laughs> it was a good place for that. Um, and then Army of Darkness, I still have the old two disc, uh, Anchor Bay set that had the theatrical release, and the director's cut that was the first time I saw the original ending where Ash drinks seven drops of potion instead of six and wakes up in the future. Uh, and it's, it's got tons of great stuff on it. Commentaries like we were talking about, uh, tons of behind the scenes. That's a really good set. Uh, but today, the Scream Factory, or not today, uh, well, we're recording this Monday, so this comes out tomorrow, but you listening to this, uh, the episode will release on Friday. So actually, this past Tuesday, uh, if you want to do a little bit of time traveling, uh, October 27th, the Scream Factory Blu-ray release of Army of Darkness came out, and you bet your ass I'm going to be buying that, because everything Scream Factory does is amazing. Hmm. Okay. And uh, Army of Darkness is for sure one that can be a clean, beautiful yeah. transfer. And what cut is it? Uh, it's. I think it's got Does everything. It have both of them. Yeah. I, I believe it's got everything that this two disc edition has on it because Scream Factory is really good about collecting special features and putting basically everything. Like they did that uh, Halloween. They did the Halloween box set, and that has every Halloween feature that's ever come out on all the like Anchor Bay and every other release that they've had. The only thing that's missing is the. Uh, 25 years of terror documentary but that's because it was done by someone else so they couldn't put it in the box set but it's got everything man yeah i'm looking at it now i might i might actually not mind owning that i own a couple blu-rays i have a brazil i have the criterions of brazil and uh damn it what is the uh see i've still got the blade runner i've still got that giant three dvd brazil set I, that I paid like 80 bucks for back in the day so I'm, yeah I had that but I uh, the, the 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 uh the blu-ray is basically the same thing I uh, I had to sell the uh the DVD again when I I needed the monies What about you guys have you guys got any uh specific editions that are your favorites or are we all pretty much on the same page with these I've never bought any multiples I've got uh I had that VHS uh Japanese laser disc of the first Evil Dead was the only copy I ever owned. Um, and then VHS and Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. And then I got the same rubber Necromonica. Now there's a gift or a thing I'd like a actual real looking Necromonica. Right, right. It's not just a piece of rubber. Um, still cool when it came out. I bought it. Uh, I've got the same 10 as you for two and then actually own a digital copy of Army of Darkness through Amazon. Uh, that I bought many years ago when I realized I didn't have, uh, I only had it on VHS. But, so I don't have any fancy, uh, special features for Army of Darkness, really. Well, it's time to correct that. Yeah, now that I know, <laughs> I want to go over to Screen Factory. <laughs> what about you, Beth? Have you got own copies or is this something you just kind of come across when you have the opportunity? 
Um, well, here's how bad I suck at buying things that are important to nerds is I still have <laughs> my VHS copies of the first two movies, and I don't think I even own a VHS player anymore. Well, see, that actually makes you cooler than any of us by modern hipster standards. This is true. Uh, it, it would help if I had a player and I could actually watch them. I have a big box full of VHS tapes in the closet somewhere. Yeah, you're definitely the coolest person here then. Yeah, I don't collect vinyl though, so I'm not that cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I just. But, uh, uh, I think uh, I had the DVD two the two disc special one that you had was that the Boomstick edition. Is no, that, that was, the one a, late, that one was a later was. one. Okay, um, I have the Boomstick edition. That was that was one that uh, it does have some extra stuff on it that I don't have, but I was just. Come on, you guys. How many of these things can we buy? Because there, there's <laughs> been, I would say, at least five DVD versions of Evil Dead 2, at least three of Army of Darkness. And it gets to the point where you're like, well, I'm going to wait for the next one and see what's on that. You know, let me, let me <laughs> skip a generation. Be a next one. Yeah. I yeah. actually just impulse uh, bought the, uh, the uh, Army of Darkness that's coming out tomorrow. Nice. That's yeah. what I'm here for. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. <laughs> Scream Factory, if you're listening, I would appreciate a little piece of that action. Do we know their slogan? Whisper it every now and again? Oh, I should. I totally should. <laughs> oh, you know what? The last person I did spots for did not fulfill their end of the obligation. So, uh, you know what? Fuck uh, product yeah. placement. <laughs> uh, all right. So to wrap this thing up, uh, October 31st, which how fantastic is it that this thing is premiering on Halloween night? Nice. Uh, on stars, Ash versus the Evil Dead. We have all seen the trailer at this point. Uh, tonally, this thing looks phenomenal. And we don't know a thing about it. We'll have to do a follow-up episode after maybe halfway through the season or something to see where we're at. But what I want to do now, you know, I think we've got a pretty decent idea of where, where it takes place in the continuity. I want us to go around and just sort of one idea you have, one thing you might like to see, or if you just, you know, whatever they offer is going to be fine by me. Uh, if that's how you feel, that's awesome. I want to see old bearded Ash that slept too long. I want him to show up on the show. <laughs> I very much want that to happen. And I want young, didn't sleep too, or not young at this point, but, uh, you know, Ash that ended up back in the right timeline, I want him to have to reckon with this cantankerous, old, angry Ash that slept too long. I think that would be comedy gold. Uh, what about you guys? Is there anything that you've thought about that you've been like, man, it would be really cool if they did this? Or are you just along for the ride? I, I just want to see you get a fat, middle-aged girl wearing Ash tattooed somewhere. <laughs> oh, for sure. You've got to make that happen. I, if yeah. it does happen, it's going to be the shot where he's shaking his ass in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking good. Looking sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to being surprised. Like, to seeing, like, I want to, like, I want to see new stuff that uh, they're going to do. So, yeah, I don't know. Along for the ride. Nothing wrong with that. I, that's and that's mostly how I feel because I I'm at the point in my life where I don't do a lot of like oh I hope this happens like with the new Star Wars. 
I don't have any hopes for that. I'm going to yeah, go our, in. Our and, hearts were broken long ago with that. Shit. Uh, you're right. <laughs> it, well, and that's kind of how it is. Like there is a great, great betrayal in the force. Well, and not you know not just with being a nerd, but with being a wrestling fan. Like if if you <laughs> if you can learn to stop having expectations or specific things you'd like to see, Standards. then you're less likely to be disappointed. You know. But my problem is like. I can I can have it I can get past having expectations for things I want to see, but I will never get past having expectations for things I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of screws me in that respect. But, oh, but as far as Evil Dead, as far as the Ash versus Evil Dead show goes, like I'm pretty sure it's going to be my favorite TV show of all time ever. <laughs> no pressure, guys. No pressure. How are you feeling about it? Beth, um, I'm kind of hoping for an old, bitter sort of angry Ash, <laughs> sort of like um, like when he played himself. Did anybody ever see My Name Is Bruce? Yes, yeah, S- sort of like him in that kind of just bitter and pissed off about having to save the world all the damn time. But I, I will take what I get with it. I, for one, am not super psyched that it's premiering on Halloween, and Halloween's on a Saturday because I'm going to be at a party. We're having a party at my house, and I'm telling people to shut the fuck up while I watch The Evil Dead. (laughs) I have to be up at 3.30 the next morning, so I'm not going to any parties. Yeah. I don't have stars, so I won't see it when it comes out, but... uh... I will see it. I'm not really, uh, I don't watch TV, like proper TV. I stream a lot of stuff and, uh, I'm not up to date. Like I haven't even seen season five of Walking Dead. I don't know. Whatever. Y'all, any of y'all even follow that kind of stuff, but. I, I gave up on that one. I'll see it. You know what I mean? Like I've watched the other stuff because at some point it was on Netflix and I'll give it a watch and it's easy to watch it in, in that context. But like waiting till a certain night. To watch a certain show like that just doesn't exist. Um, so I'll definitely see it when it is out. I'll probably end up having to rent it, I'm guessing. And uh, I look forward to it. I think, uh, you know, he's a little salty dog now, so there's plenty of opportunity there for it to be fantastic. But from the trailer, and, you know, who fucking knows with the trailer because they can sell you whatever, um it definitely seems like they're going to focus on the new characters, you know, and he might be, you know, the wise guy that steps in, you know, he's Mr. Belvedere. Like it's about the kids, but you know, he anchors it all together. There's only so much beating Bruce Campbell can take anymore. So I think can't do the physical comedy. That shit was killing him then. Right. Yeah. Like, well, that and the fact that not only was he doing it in the movies, but he was going to conventions and doing the backflip yeah. and shit. That's yeah. what uh, that's what his sidekick Pablo is for. Right, exactly. And which, you know, I, I think there's a lot of comedy to be found there in the yeah. fact that uh, now when he fucks up, maybe somebody else pays for it. Yeah. And, and that can be a, a whole new comedy paradigm, if you will. <laughs> It looks nice and over the top. I definitely, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine it won't be fun. Yeah. And they're, they're, I mean, again, we don't know anything except that it looks like everybody's heart's in the right place and that I don't think any of them would have returned to this without the situation being right, without them having the control that they want 
And, you know, as Arian said earlier, this is a golden age of television. This is a time when people are taking chances with things. Uh, and it's stars. What has stars got to lose? <laughs> well, that's the only downside is, uh, I mean, I'm not up to date on all the pay channels or anything anyway, but I just don't know that that network is going to keep it going. That Remember that show Party Down? I don't know if any of y'all saw that. Uh, that was the one with Adam Scott, right? Yeah, yeah, I was like a lot of the guys from the state. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, compared to most episodic comedy on TV, I thought it was hilarious. And, you know, it was on Stars, so no one ever saw it. <laughs> and it disappeared, of course, because no one saw it. So, but Party yeah. Down just missed the era of binge-watching television. It, it hit right before that became a thing and right before, you know, showing up on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever the case may be was such a critical element of televised success. You know, now your first season is a gimme. As long as you go to Netflix and kick ass, you're good to go. Uh, it, it's a whole different world now than it was when Party Down happened. And I think if that show happened now we would get more than what it had two seasons i think or a season and a half maybe well and that it kept doing that spartacus show for like ever like I, that last changing it, actors it yeah like that lasted seasons of it or something far I'd past the first season's fantastic i saw that and uh very, and then the second know. season that is the prequel to the first season is very good but then when they recast uh, the lead role, which they, you know, they, they didn't have much choice in the matter, unfortunately. Uh, but that's when it kind of went downhill. I just don't know enough about that network to know that they can, uh, I mean, I'm sure they have the money to make the show a success, but I just want people, if it's great, I want people to see it, you know? Well, and you've also got to consider the fact that Party Down was not part of a worldwide horror phenomenon. Certainly not. So this is, you know, this is starting from a very different position. I think uh, it's going to do pretty good. And like there, I've heard, like I've read a couple interviews where Bruce Campbell has kind of hinted, like strongly hinted, that there's going to be a second season. Yeah, I think, I think I read something recently where he said, you know, the the paper hasn't been signed, but it's been typed up. Yeah, something along those lines. Like they're they're already like his his schedule is clear, basically. right? Scripts, for like six scripts months. are pretty much on the table, that sort of thing. And the thing is, even if stars can't support it, you do have the other outlets like Netflix, like Amazon Prime. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's, oh, it's yeah. Evil Dead. If Somebody people are are paying, willing to pay, yeah, they'll pick yeah. it up. Right, for sure. Like, Everything's you know, like friggin' versus... Twin. There's going to be a third season of Twin Peaks somehow. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's, it seemed like Family Guy was one of the first where. You know, it gets canceled and then comes back and then Futurama goes away and comes back and, you know, that's a pretty common thing now, that's for sure. Well, and that's what, it, everything is so niche now. You know, you, you, everything has an audience to some degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not all watching the same three channels from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. every weeknight, you know? Oh, they're pre-selling an entire season out the gate. Like, hey, guess what came out today? Season one of Daredevil. Right. The entire season. <laughs> Like yeah. came out today. And then people sit <laughs> and watch the whole damn season. Oh, yeah. Like, and, that's it's a whole new thing. Yeah. It, it's it's a different world. The where you come from. Oh, sorry. 
Yeah. <laughs> voice of an angel. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Any final thoughts on this uh, incredible and unique franchise? Mm. What well, more well, can be said, really? It's, it's Hail to the King, baby. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future. I, I would imagine it's going to be good. Yeah. And I got to say, I for one uh, would love to see a continuation of the world of the 2013 movie. And I don't think the TV show rules that out uh, because we deal with alternate timelines and time travel and all kinds of weird shit in Evil Dead. Uh, and I think, you know, we we could see Jane Levy's character again. Uh, and I would like to because I'd like to see what what further stories could be told there. Uh, you know, she didn't go back to medieval times, so there's <laughs> there are other yeah. options on the table. Where else are you gonna go? Right. I, I read somewhere online that they were talking about doing a movie where her character comes comes across Ash's character somewhere in in their time various timelines. Well, and you know, not to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen this two year old movie, but he's in it. <laughs> so, you know, the the intent is clearly there. For these worlds to exist together in some way or form. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming on to talk about Evil Dead. Uh, we have barely scratched the surface, and yet at the same time, I think we've all kind of communicated fairly well how we feel about the franchise. Uh, Arian, where can we find you online? Uh, you can't. I don't know. You could have. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at at such a lazy man. If you like seeing pictures of food and dogs. Adorable dogs. Yeah. <laughs> adorable 12-pound dogs. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, I did want to plug one thing that I think uh, your listeners might enjoy. For sure. Uh, some friends have a web series debuting this week on Wednesday. So two days from now, when you're listening to this two days ago, <laughs> uh, it's called Ask Hatter and Hair. It is a dark comedy horror advice column uh, where two lunatics playing the March uh, the March Hare and the Mad Hatter give people life advice and it turns out awful. <laughs> so you can you can find them on the the YouTubes at Ask Hatter and Hare, the Facebooks at Ask Hatter and Hare, and uh, the uh, the inner the innertrons uh, at askhatterandhair.com check it out it's pretty cool so there you go uh richard do you have uh, any kind of online presence going on or are you pretty much stay tucked into your man cave i uh, i don't really spend enough time down here i'll tell you it's been a nice evening um i would say like i don't do facebook i have one but i don't really ever use it um but instagram black widow like a southern pronunciation of black widow uh <laughs> And tattoos, fish people, paintings, and that's pretty much it. Like, I don't really uh, deal with clients through there, but uh, it's a good way if, like, someone wanted to get tattooed or if you want more tattoos, listeners, by all means, hit me up on there. That's right. This poor guy uh, just does butterflies now. That's pretty much it. Nobody comes to him for horror <laughs> Dude, stuff I tattooed uh, Sammy Kerr uh, just the other day. Like We had a Halloween special. Oh, I know. And, you uh, put up the flash. Uh, I there was the some Charlie awesome Brown, stuff. Uh, I got a rock guy, and uh, some other fun stuff. The Halloween pumpkin with the dagger. 
Uh, so I had a fun day the other day, but for the most part, I don't do a lot of horror tattoos and, uh, I'd love to do that kind of stuff. So look this man up and get some horror tattoos. And finally, Beth, uh, where can we find you? Have you started a Twitter account yet? No. Come on. Cause I don't know how to get followers. How do I get followers? I don't know anything about Twittering. You're a girl. <laughs> That's all you need. I'm not girly enough to get, you know, followers and stuff. <laughs> I don't know how all that works. So what's your, what's your next post on the site then? Uh, tomorrow, which will be some days ago, depending on when you're listening to this, and I can't keep up with time travel. Um, but I have a post going up of 30 years later, various horror movies of 1985 and how they have held up. And there are some really good ones and some really bad ones. Nice. If anybody remembers Ghoulies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then but it's in, not uh, the only one, so don't let that scare you away. <laughs> and then in November, uh, we, what, we won't hear from you at all, I guess? Yeah, I'm just out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no Thanksgiving post? Come on. <laughs> no, please uh, feel free to continue horror contributions for as long as you want, because that's always appropriate on NeedlessThingsSite.com. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. We had a great conversation, and uh, I will talk to you all sooner than later, hopefully. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you. We just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. Does that sound fine? <laughs> All right, Phantomaniacs, that is it for 31 days of Halloween on NeedlessThingsSite.com. Now, if you're following me on Facebook, I am L. Phantasmus with a PH, and you might know that Needless Things has hit a bit of a wall um, financially. I don't really make any money from the site. Uh, I get a little bit here and there from Amazon product placement that I do. Uh, I So far, I've gotten nothing from Google. Uh, I went and did the ad thing, and I, I don't know what's supposed to happen there, but nothing is happening. Uh, so, I'm not quite sure about the future of the site. The podcast is for sure going to continue, but even if I just go on with the podcast, i got to figure out a way to make some money off of this thing, because I can't keep throwing money into the fire pit or the bottomless pit or the black hole or whatever you want to call it. So i got to figure something out. If you guys enjoy this show and you'd like to help, you can go to the front page of NeedlessThingsSite.com. There is a PayPal button to the right of the main portion of the page. Give a dollar. Give five dollars. Give a thousand dollars. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, but if, if you enjoy this and see fit to contribute to it in any way, that would be extremely helpful. If you can't contribute, and Lord knows I understand that, then just share this thing around the internet. The podcast, NeedlessThingsSite.com, all that sort of stuff. Just share it around. Uh, and I am currently looking into Patreon. 
as a potential source of ongoing income. Uh, if you guys have any advice about that or know anything about that or just would be willing to contribute that way, let me know. Shoot me a line at needless, uh, needless. Shoot me a line at phantom troublemaker at gmail. That's why I can't make any money is I can't remember the names of my fucking contacts. Uh, phantom troublemaker at gmail.com. Drop me an email. Uh, join the needless things podcast Facebook group and give me some advice there. Let me know what to do. Uh, I've already got a few things in mind as potential rewards, uh, such as an unmasked segment that would only be available to Patreon uh, patrons. That's interesting, right? Or, or maybe some kind of uh, special members-only podcast. Uh, I also do a bit of drawing. I could send out some custom drawings every month. I don't know. I'm trying to think of stuff. Because the whole thing is, like, I can't say, hey, you get a t-shirt. Because then I've got to come up with, like, 300 bucks to print t-shirts, which is going completely against the whole point of trying to set this thing up. Uh, granted, I would love to have t-shirts, but uh, I'm quite a ways away financially from that happening. So, you guys, if you've got any ideas for how to raise money for this thing, let me know. Otherwise, just keep listening, keep spreading the word. And know that I will be here each and every week with a new Needless Things podcast because I love you guys. Later. That's funny. What? That train we came in here on? Well, it just ain't there no more. Like the woods just swallowed her up. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.